Hello and thank you for listening. A question I'm often asked, as I have a background in professional drama performance and production, journalism, broadcast PR and campaigning, is how on earth I found myself executive coaching and communication training in business aviation for the past 20 years. Well, it all started for me just after the millennium when I was approached by a British aviation sales professional being considered for promotion at the world's leading business aircraft manufacturer's Bombardier. He wanted a bit of private interview practice, having heard of my work as a media trainer. I'm delighted to say it started a working relationship and friendship that has endured for the past two decades. He is the former Senior Vice President for Sales at Bombardier Business Aircraft, Mr. Bob Horner. Bob, it's fantastic to catch up with you. How the devil are you? I'm very well, thanks, Paul, and hoping you're the same. I'm all the better for speaking with you. This year marks your 47th year in aviation, and I know your passion for it is as strong today as it was when you first started out. What have been the standout moments across your career? Gosh, 47 years. I mean, it goes in the blink of an eye. Really doesn't feel that long. And I think I'm going to be lucky if I can remember any moments. But looking back, I guess it's the career that I've loved. I mean, I I can't remember not being happy to go to work. In itself, that's pretty standout. The opportunities that I was given, meeting household names, high net worths, business leaders, These are just very interesting people to meet and do business with. You know, it's not just the fact that you're meeting with them. You're actually in a discussion and negotiation with these people. It's quite a privilege. And then I guess it's the hard-won deals that you remember. It's funny, you never remember the easy ones. The first deal I ever did in Moscow in the old Supreme Soviet building, two guards with Kalashnikovs on the door, vodka at 10.30 in the morning, Those were the days. And, you know, leading on from that, the very first multi-aircraft deal I did. And multi-aircraft deals became more and more the norm as I progressed in my career or in my job. But back many years ago, it was unheard of to sell more than one or two aircraft at a time. And interestingly, I'm still very good friends with the lawyer that was involved in that deal. So the opportunity to make really good and lasting friendships around the world is something that's also a privilege. Years later, the Vista deals, just one of these deals was worth over two and a half billion. And that was the first for business aviation. Announcing that deal was like announcing a huge commercial airline transaction. But this one was for business jets. So there have been so many moments, Paul, that they merge. And and as your career progresses, they become the norm. It's only when you look back or you're asked about it, as you're doing now, that you realize just how blessed you were. Many know of your work in sales, but your aviation career started in engineering. Yeah, you're right. Good memory. I started out as an engineering trainee with British Aerospace at Hatfield. I think it was just after the Wright brothers' first flight. But it was Hatfield that I met my training manager, Bill Dow. And Bill, you know, you meet these guys throughout your career. Bill just had a tremendous influence on me. He was a real champion of mine. I owe him a great deal. And in fact, it was Bill who suggested that as part of my training, I spent some time in the sales department. So I went into a 125 sales team for three months. 
the 125 or the Hawker, as it was known, was one of the first purpose-built business jets, super successful airplane. So as I say, I, I spent three months working alongside the sales team, just loved it, really got a feel for what it was like to work in sales. Looking back, what an opportunity. I was 20 and this was just pure, pure excitement. So after that, no question, I wanted to work in sales. So I nagged and nagged until I was offered the chance to win a longer stay in sales and then offered a job. Started off as a sales engineer, preparing aircraft data for customers, prospects and the team. And that was the first step into sales. What attributes do you need to be successful as an aviation sales professional, do you think? <laughs> That's a good question. I think it's good that you ask that. And I think every good salesperson is asking themselves that constantly. I remember asking my first sales boss that same question. And his answer, I remember it like yesterday. It's still good today. Dedication. It's hard, hard work. It's not giving up. It's not accepting no. It's finding a way. It's seeing the deal, Paul. Lots of people can do a deal, but if you can see the deal, you're ahead of the game. Also, in my experience, the most successful guys are those who intertwine their work with their lives. Now, this is something that you can't teach. It's just something that comes naturally to the successful ones. And finally, I guess it's obvious, but you'd be surprised. Know your stuff. There's just no substitute for knowing what you're talking about. Know your product, know your competition, and of course, know your customer. It makes such a difference. In my last podcast, one of your old team at Bombardier, Kada Mata, spoke about the importance of relationships across the Middle East. But that's true across the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely relationship given. If you look at the aircraft that we were selling, there were probably four or five serious competitors. Each of those competitors made a very good product. Often the differentiator is the person sat in front of the customer. I used to say to my guys, you know, make your customer feel like he needs to buy the airplane from you because he's got fantastic choice. The number of customers can buy these airplanes is limited. Just by definition, it's limited. So you can imagine that the competition is all over the same individuals. And it's important to serve the client, not try and compete with them. Well, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. There's an old expression, never forget who the customer is. And you can be seduced, very easily seduced into thinking that you're on the same plane as they are. You're just not. And it's all about service. When the phone rings, you've got as much chance to win that deal as anybody else. And it's what you do after that moment that differentiates you that enables you to win the deal. It's reaction. You know, people appreciate fast reaction and smart reaction. We all do. How many times do you come out of a shop and say, that service was really good or that service was terrible? It makes a heck of a difference. One of the things I know of you is your relentless work ethic, together with your huge love for your family. How did you manage to keep both as strong as you have? It's not easy. I mean, no matter what people tell you. I've just been incredibly lucky to have such a great family. They've understood the job that I do. They know and have known it's crazy demanding. And they've understood and been incredibly supportive. And it's important to share as much as you can and to involve as much as possible. But obviously, there are limits to that. 
And interestingly, my son James is now buying and selling jets. So um, it hasn't put him off. From the moment I first started working for and with you and your international team at Bombardier, the company went through some extraordinary times. What are your reflections on that? What a fantastic job running sales for probably one of the world's best-known business jet manufacturers. Actually, selling jets full stop, it really doesn't get much better than that. And we built an amazing team. I really tried to put the best sales guys and support team together. And I would say our team was the envy of the industry. And Paul, you know all about that. I think you work with almost every one of them. Our program of putting each member of the team with you one-on-one was a game changer. It was really appreciated. You could see confidence and performance building and improving. It was a great plan. And if you think back, it's one we didn't limit. If somebody wanted more follow-up, then they got it. So when I look back, it's definitely the team and it's the product. You know, we own Learjet, just an iconic brand to be involved with. And the Global Express, just a superb machine, visionary aircraft, way ahead of its time and still world beating. You know, I land at airports now and of course I look at the business jets parked and the number of globals that make up that number are and is incredible. After leaving Bombardier and taking a bit of a breather, you accepted an invitation from Thomas Floor to join part of what we know today as Vista Global. He's quite a character. Thomas is a great guy. And we talked earlier about standout moments. And I think I mentioned people. I would put Thomas right up there. He's an amazing entrepreneur. The man's just a powerhouse. He's got such positive energy. He's got that vision. He's innovative. He's incredibly successful. He's inspirational to be around. I really count myself fortunate to know him and to call him a friend. With a Vista Global membership, you don't need to own an aircraft nor have the challenges and expense of maintaining and crewing your plane. Do you see that as the future of business aviation? Well, of course, I'm not biased here, Paul, but I would say Vista are arguably the best in the business. There's always going to be demand for customers to buy and own their own aircraft. That's a given. But what Vista have done is to really make private flying accessible to so many more customers. Customers who perhaps in the past might not have even considered flying privately. They've created a very real alternative to ownership, which has reshaped the industry. It's definitely a sector of the business that's here to stay. That's without question. All manufacturers are chasing the VistaJet type model and the business that it offers. In private aviation, charter is certainly doing very well right now. But market reports indicate that the sales of business aircraft have slowed after the frenzy of the pandemic years. Where do you see the market going? It was quite a false market for a couple of years. I would say now it's normalized and we're back to having to work extremely hard to make sales. It's always been a cyclical market. You talk to any sales guy who's been in this business for a long period and they'll tell you about the highs and the lows. But it's a market that's very strong. As I say, it's supported by some incredibly credible aviation manufacturers who make a phenomenal product. So it's a market that's very much here to stay. It's just that we're going through a period now where it's back to basic salesmanship. It's hard work. 
you decided to step away from Vista late last year. What does the future look like for you? Well, right now, Paul, I'm doing a lot of traveling personally, no longer for business. We're no longer restricted to a couple of weeks away here and there. So we're going to places for a month or so, doing everything we want to do, seeing everything we want to see without the time pressure. I'm sure I'm going to get it out of my system. So long term, I very much like to continue in an advisory or consultancy role. Just recently, I've done some career advice, some help and guidance to individuals looking to join the industry. That's extremely rewarding. So I definitely don't want to stop. And let me know if you've got any good ideas. You can certainly expect my call. I wish you safe and enjoyable travels. I'll be forever grateful for the opportunities I've enjoyed over the past 20 years. Thanks to you. I'll never be able to thank you enough. Great pleasure, Paul. My sincere thanks to you also. My very grateful thanks to Bob Horner. To find out more about the work I do, you can visit my website, www.paulpennington.com. That's www.paulpennington.com. All that remains is to thank you for listening.